days, Lord, we will love you. We will adore you. We will worship you. We will worship you in everything that we do. Lord Jesus, teach us how to worship you, Lord God, with our very being, with the very fabric of our makeup, Lord God. Only you can teach us how to worship you that way, Lord. Cause us, Lord God, to just worship you. Worship you in spirit and in truth. Thou art exalted 
exalted over every situation. Be exalted in our lives. Be lifted up, be magnified because you are the king of kings and you reign now and forevermore. And Lord Jesus, we choose to love you. We choose to love you always. We choose to worship you always. For the rest of our lives, we give it unto you, Lord. Lord, for your glory, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise, you deserve it all. Come and tabernacle with us today, Lord. Come and be blessed, Lord Jesus, even as we worship you, Lord. Worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. Lord, we come to you, Lord, and we say you reign in the affairs of men. Lord, reign in our lives. Reign in our lives, Father. Reign in our lives. We bow down. We bow down and we choose to trust you. As children of the Most High God, you are our God. Father, we just thank you, God. That is in you, Lord. We are strong. Amen. It is in you, Lord, that we seek to fulfill our purpose. It is in you, Lord, that we seek to live the rest of our lives and to live, live out our days. God, we will always praise you, God, because your spirit leads, God. And this morning, Lord, we thank you that you have given us an opportunity, Lord God, to declare to the atmosphere, to declare to our own minds and our own bodies and everyone around us that you are our peace. You are our strength. And because of that, Lord, we exalt you, God, as you lead us. Father, we thank you this morning, God. We thank you that we can come before you. We thank you, Father God, that we can stand upon your word this morning because of what you have already done. And because of what you have done, Lord, you have given us, God, the ability to think and imagine what you can do. And so, Father, this morning we declare that you are our strength. Strength like no other, Lord, in the midst of what we go through day after day, God. You are our strength. You, in the good times and in the bad times, you are our strength. In the moment, Father God, when it seemed like it will never end, God, you are our strength. You are our peace, God, in the midst of war and conflict. You are our peace, Jesus. And so we lift you up this morning. We lift you up, God, and we praise your name this morning, God. We thank you, Lord. We come this morning before you and we worship you. Father, be enthroned in our worship and in our praise. Amen. As we continue in the time of worship, it's now offering time. A time where God wants to bless us. Um, there was a time when I thought that um, they said if somebody don't have anything the Lord would bless you and it's totally not true because the Lord needs a seed and he will provide the seed 
for you to sow. So the scripture reading um, for this section is, um, is found in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11, and I'll read through it quickly. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11, reading from the King James Version. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he who soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that he always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse 9. As it is written, he has dispensed abroad, dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever. Verse 10. Now he that ministered seed to the sower. So you see the, the argument where he gives seed to the sower. Both minister of bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. So the Lord will mul multiply the seed in which, you're, which you have sown. So if you bring one seed, he will multiply it, cause it to increase. He cannot multiply zero because zero multiplied by zero is nothing. Verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So it causes us to be thankful when we, are, when we realize that in the increase is God that causes the increase. But what he wants to, to bring into the earth is seed. And sometimes a seed might be um, a job, an income, a skill, a talent, something in which he has already given you. And it's, it's the idea to find it to fulfill your purpose and to understand what it is that you're, you're bringing to the table. Because when, you, when, when, when we come to a king, as it, it was always pronounced, you cannot come to a king empty-handed. You must bring an offering. You must bring something because when it's not by accident. You know you're going to present yourself to the king. So you, you plan, okay, what is it that I have? What, what's the best thing I can offer back to the Lord? And some persons even offer their children to the Lord. As you remember with Hannah, when she said, this is going to be a seed unto you. And it was very impressive that she gave the very thing that she wanted as an offering back to the Lord. And the Lord was so good that he blessed her with five more kids. But it is a heart and the intent when we, when we approach God, knowing that he's God, he's mighty, he caused windows, doors, and opportunities to open because he wants to bless us. And he cannot bless us with a tight fist. And for those who are online who feel the, um, the option to give, because remember, God loves a cheerful giver. You can give to our PayPal account, which is newhorizonmin at gmail.com. 
And if you're using Zelle, it's just the same email address, newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Gmail so thank you for giving, and I'm going to play a selection after which we're going to have the prayer, then announcements, and then we get right into the word. So be blessed. i 
Yes, Father. Thank you for being a God that you even provide the thing for us to sacrifice back to you. Because, Lord, we realize it's the heart that you seek more than the stuff. Because you really want to bless us. Because you said that we're supposed to seek you first. Your kingdom, your righteousness, which is the right way of doing things. Because, Lord, you have a prescribed way of doing the thing. And even if we come doing the thing in our heart, thinking that we're right, and then we're going to be judged. Because we saw that even with David when he... Um, when he was carrying the ark, thinking that, well, that's the best way to carry it because it looks, it makes sense to carry it on, a, on, on the cart. But no, the Lord said it's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the priest, on the shoulders of his elders, the ones that he called to be there to do the work. So we, we understand that God does things a certain way. And we can question it from now to thy kingdom come. He will not change. There is a certain way that we are supposed to approach him. There is a certain way that we are supposed to give reverence and honor to him. Because he said that when we present things to our kings and our um, officers, we present it very well. But when we present it to him, we do it half-hearted or we, we don't present it properly. And the Lord he doesn't like that. So he wants us to readjust and change. And if we don't know how to, he said we should ask. Because we realize David went back and asked. And he said, bring the scriptures. Let me, let, let's see how this thing should be done. And when he found out that it's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the men, he said, thank you, Lord. And he was corrected and he changed. Remember, he did it out of good heart because he bring him by the ark, celebrating. But he's not supposed to be carried on, on, on um, any cart. So, Lord, we thank you again for your offering. We thank you again that you have given us the prescribed way in which you want to bless us. Lord, we thank you that our hearts are aligned with you. That, Lord, through your word, through this ministry, through the the internet, through everything that you have given us and blessed us to be a voice in the nation, that we would declare your word, how you said it's supposed to be done. So Lord, we present these offerings back to you. And we thank you that this is seed that you will bless, that you will cause increase in every good work that we do. There's a time when there is going to be a distinction between those who serve God and those who do not. And Lord, we thank you that there is such a time. So as we continue in worship, Lord, bless your word. Bless everything that we do thus far as we continue to worship you.
Good morning, members of NLH and listeners and visitors online and in the auditorium. Good morning this morning. I am so glad to stand here this morning and to encourage you about our Purposeful Living Retreat that is coming up in October 12 to 14 in Roxton, Texas. We are looking at the theme, Purposeful Living. And Purposeful Living, in, in that retreat we will we will attempt to answer and to help to guide and to explore our purpose. We understand that when God made us, he made us, he had a plan. He just didn't make us. Or we, just, we are not alive just because we are here to, to exist and just to take up space. God has a purpose. When he made you, he gave you an identity. And our identity says to us, who I am. It tells me about my calling. It tells me about what I was created to do. Not just what I do, but what I was created to do. When God was knitting me and forming me into my mother's womb, what was his intention? And we recognize that we need to know our purpose because when we know our purpose, it gives us a meaningful existence. We understand why we're here and we tend to live life to its fullest. We also recognize that there are people who don't know their purpose because they are a distraction to us identifying our purpose. Like, we, 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 we may do things because it is easier. We may do things because it is what pays the bills. We may do things because it's our ambition. But what we're saying that what, what, when God has given you a purpose, it is now an identity, as I said before. It is also an assignment because this is what you were created to do. So come and join us October 12 to 14 where we will go in depth and explore God's purpose for our lives. And because when you know your purpose, then you'll be able to maximize your potential and all that you can ever be, all that you are, will be, you'll be able to grow because God is saying to you, this is what I created you to be. This is who you are. Everything else that you may have been doing or are doing may not necessarily be what God has created you to be. I remembered in my life when I look over my career choices and career path, a lot of the things I did was I did them out of my own ambition. But as I walk in the latter part of my life, which is now, I'm realizing more and more, I'm seeing God's purpose being fulfilled in my life. And where I was motivated for other things before, I'm realizing that my motivation now is changing. And I, all I want to be and to do is what God created me to do and to be. And so I'm asking you to come and join us so you too can explore what God is calling you to do. So this morning, we, my, the, 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 I'll be looking at script, this, Psalms 33 for my message, and the title is The Mighty God. I was amazed this morning when I saw the song selection uh, that it was just lifting and praising the name of God for who he is and for what he represents and what he can do. And, and this morning, that's what I want to look at. I want to look at the great God that we know, how mighty he is, and the thing that he does in it through his word and through his work, and how he accomplishes the thing in, 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 in creation. And so this morning, Father, I just want you to just bow your head with me as I invite the presence of the Lord to be with me and to speak through me this morning. Father, we just thank you that in you there is no lie. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we continue to marvel 
at how great you are because your work every day is what we see. We see you reveal yourself in creation. We see you reveal yourself in the clouds, in, in the skies, in each other. We can communicate with each other. We can hear you speak through each other. We see you communicating to us, Lord, through the, through the trees as they, they bow their branches and they, they say praise to you. We see you communicating as you provide for those animals who cannot go to work, the squirrels and, and the birds. We see you communicating your goodness, Father God, in everything that we do, that even as we open our eyes, there is fresh breath to breathe. We see you communicating your goodness, Father God, this morning as you provided for us everything that we need, God. And so, Lord, we cannot but help to praise you. We cannot but stop to honor you. We cannot but stop to adore you because you are faithful in all that you do. You are trustworthy in all that you do. God, we cannot but help to praise you. Lord, there are many this morning who did not, as I heard a statistic shared yesterday by Sister Anne, that about 150 persons lose their life in the world maybe on a minute-by-minute minute basis. But Lord, we thank you that this morning that you chose to give us life. And because we have life, we will praise you. Because you gave us life this morning and breath in our bodies. And even if we have aches and pain, we know that pales in comparison to what you have given us this morning. And so we choose, God, to praise you. And so, Father, we bless your name this morning. Speak through me this morning, God. Give me utterance this morning, God, that you would speak to my heart and to the hearts of those who listen. Cause us to recognize you and to place you where you are deserving and worthy. And so, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of excited because I was looking at Psalm 33. Actually, I was preparing another scripture up till Thursday and felt like this is the scripture I'm going to share, only to realize Thursday afternoon that in my spirit, I, I didn't feel at peace. I felt like God was saying, that's not it. And I started to, to just to pray and I'm saying, God, where do I go? Where are you carrying me? What do you want me to speak from this morning? And so on Friday, I started to read and I started to read. And I realized that it, 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 the more I was reading Psalm 33, it, 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 the more my spirit was saying, yes, this is the scripture God wants to use this morning. And so I never had the time to go into it in terms of the depth of what I want to go. But I got up early this morning and I was reading the scripture. And as I started, and even this morning through worship, as we were worshiping, I just started to see other revelations of the scripture just coming to my mind. So I am trusting the Lord to speak to, through me this morning what he would want you to hear from his word. And so though I will not be reading the, the word, the, the, the scripture, because it has 22 verses, I will not be going through it reading all of it entirety. I'll be going through it in sections as I want to share what God is saying to me from that section. And so Psalm 33, for, for I recognize it, addressed to the upright, the righteous, the saint, those who know God personally and are seeking to please him by living obedient lives. I recognize that God is saying to us in through Psalm 33 that he's a faithful God He's a dependable God. And he's saying that you can trust me and can rejoice in me. You can give thanks and praise to me because of all that I, am, I have done. Because I am your creator. I am your Lord. I am your savior. I am your deliverer. 
And the psalmist is saying to us this morning, our God is worthy of praise and trust. So the psalmist begins in verses 1 to 3, and he says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. I am reading from the NIV version. And so we see that the, psalm, the psalmist is saying to us, sing praises to the Lord with all your musical instruments. Make melody to him. Sing to him a new song that emerges. And this morning I could sing him a new song that emerges from a fresh awareness that I have this morning of his goodness, of his grace. A new experience I had this morning of his faithfulness. And, he's, and the psalmist is saying, sing a new song this morning out of the new experience that you had or have of God. He said, come praising him with shouts. Come before him with joy and delight in all that he has done. And so this morning, is there a new song on your heart? Is there a new song on your heart because there is a new experience you had of God? That his grace is abounding. His mercies are new every morning. And we can say to him, Lord, great is your faithfulness, O God. Thank you that you do not leave me where I am, but it is your desire, God, to transform me so that when you look at me, you see the reflection of your son. And that in and of itself gives me a reason to praise him with a new song this morning. Then the psalmist goes further and he says, you praise the Lord in verse 4 to 9. He says, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He's faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. For all the people of the world revere him, for he commanded, and it stood firm. So we see that the psalmist is saying to us this morning, there are reasons to praise the Lord. There are reasons to rejoice in the Lord this morning. He says we praise him for his word. We praise him for his work. We will never truly and genuinely thank the Lord until we truly trust him. We will never truly great, be grateful or truly be grateful until we acknowledge that all that we are, all that we have comes from him. We will never truly rejoice until we truly com and completely trust in him. So the psalmist said, there are reasons you have to praise the Lord. There are reasons you have this to praise the Lord. There are reasons that I have to praise the Lord. And he gives us the reason. He said, you praise him for his work, point one. Point two, you praise him for his word. And so we're going to look at point one. We praise him for his word. word. 
The psalmist said the word of the Lord in verse 4 is right and true. And all his work is done in faithfulness. The power of God is revealed in his word and in his work. He is perfect in his character and power. And because of that, all creation can truly rely on him and praise him. The Lord's word can be trusted because he never lies. He never changes his mind. And neither does he leave that promise on the table that he does not fulfill. In Isaiah 55, 10, 11, he says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without water and the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower. I heard Brother Kurt mentioning this morning and he, 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 and he, and he provides the so seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is the word that goes out from the mouth of God. It will not return to him empty but will accomplish what he desires and will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. So we see that the Lord's word is a trusted word. It accomplishes what he wants it to accomplish. It never returns to him empty. His word is a seed because as, as, as Pastor Kirk said this morning, it's a seed for the sower. And for those who choose to seed, they will reap the harvest so that they can make bread, bread to eat. So we see God over and over and over showing us that his word will accomplish what he sends it out to do. We also look at that the word of God can be trusted because the word of God is truth. So according to John 17, 17, the word of God is is truth because the Lord never lies. His words are factual. They are not flawed like you and I. We're in, the, in, in, in our greatest moment and in the, most, the moments when we are most sincere. We, we, our intention is to be truthful. Oh, but because of the corrupted nature of our flesh, we are flawed. And so we tend to omit things from a conversation. Or we embellish a story. Or we tell path, path, part truth and part lie. But not, that's not God. God is not a liar. And because he's not a liar, his word is the true reality of what, he, what it is. It is pure. It is genuine. It is factual. God will never conceal anything that he wants from us, that he wants us to do. He manifests it. His word is the manifested, unconcealed essence of the matter. It is the truth. The work of God. The word of God, I'm sorry. He said, by the words of God, the heavens were made. And we see in Genesis that God spoke things into being. He said his breath, by his breath, the starry host came into being. He gathered the waters. He spoke and he said, let water go there. Let land go there. He never had to touch anything. He spoke. So the word of God is powerful. 
It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It accomplishes, it cuts, and it divides, and it separates, and it accomplishes what he wants, us, he wants it to accomplish. So we see that the Lord spoke things into being, and the genesis, the creation itself, was manifested. Creation responded, and everything, the trees came, the, the, the plants came, the, the animals came, and man formed man by his breath and man became a living being we see in that the psalmist is saying that all the earth and its inhabitants must fear the lord and worship him we worship him because of his word we worship him because of who he is we worship him because he's feared he's to be feared and revered and we stand in awe of the lord of creation do you recognize God's word in your life? And if you have recognized it, are you in awe of what he can accomplish? I remember this morning, I got a text message. And in the text message, they were showing me a, 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 a picture in the clouds when, when Bahamas, when Dorian was in Bahamas. And, and you saw this face. And it was a face, of a very stern face, a very angry face. And it's like if God was saying, I am angry, I am upset. And that's the understanding I got when I saw it. God reveals himself through his word in creation. In Psalms 139, 14, after examining God, his life, David says, I will praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. And I know it full well. What is your response to God this morning? When you study the scriptures and when you look around and you see God's creation, do you stop to acknowledge him the way David does or that the psalmist is calling to us to say, sing joyfully for what God has done. He says, if you are the upright, it is appropriate for you to praise him. If you are the upright or the righteous, it is Thing for you to worship him if you are in awe if you revere him if you worship him if you love him you would want to praise him and he calls us and he says come let us worship to get the lord together we see that he, he then goes on to the second point and he says we pray the lord for his work we praise the lord for his work. Creation displays the greatness of God's work, which goes beyond human goodness, which goes beyond human morality. God is not just the coordinator of the natural forces. He's not the coordinator of the storms only and that the sun would rise but what he is he is the almighty all-powerful god who is lord over creation so he spoke things into being but is also part and parcel of his work and so the psalmist is saying to us in verses 10 to 12 the lord foils the plans of the nations he thwarts the purposes of the peoples but the plans of the Lord stand forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. 
Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. And so in verse 10 to 12, we are seeing the psalmist saying to us that God, though, though man plan and plan, God have a way of just overturning it with, with his own plan. Our sinful nature cause us to feel that we are in control. And, 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 if we, and if we are to be honest, we get up every day and we plan what we're going to do today and we plan what we're going to do tomorrow and we plan what we're going to do next week. But we see that God is in control, we aren't. And when we look at that parable that Jesus gave in, in Luke 12 from verse 16 to 21, where this, the, 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 the parable of the rich man, where he went out and he, and he, and he planted his crops and he, and he looked at it and he, when he reaped, he said, I am going to tear down my old barns. And I'm going to build bigger barns because I have, I have enough food where I can rest and I be, can be easy and I can be comfortable and I can drink and I can be merry. But what he did not know, that that same night God was saying to him, your life is required of me. Are you planning without God's plan? Are you planning without God's counsel? Because the, the psalmist is saying to us, we praise God for his work because of his plan and his counsel. We cannot do anything without God's plan and, and counsel. Then we see another point where God will providentially use his plan and purpose, the purpose of the wicked, to further his agenda. In Acts 4, we saw the believers coming to G, coming and they're praying. And they said, God, we know that even though Jesus came, and we knew by, by, by the fact that he rose and he died, and we see his teaching and he's saying to us, we, I did not come forever. And even though it looked as if it was Herod and Pilate and the Gentiles and the Jews who crucified him and conspired against him, but it was your plan. It was your plan, God, and it was your will that you decided long before Herod and Pontius Pilate and before the Jews and the Gentiles ever came about. It was your plan, God, to bring about your son, the savior, the king. And then we see God's purpose again and, and, and his counsel and his plan showing up in his work where he rules history to fulfill his purpose. What his will determines, his power carries out. And no man, no army, no government, no council can stand in God's way. We saw in Exodus 9.15 when Pharaoh refused to let the, the Israelites go so that they could worship God. The scripture says, if for by now I could have stretched, God said to Pharaoh, for by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that you would have and, and wipe you off the earth but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth so you're going through problems and you, you can't understand how the situation can change and won't change God may just be saying to you, I could have fixed your problem long time. I could have removed your financial situation long time. I could have removed the problems in your life. I could have removed the people. I could have changed your job. I could have changed this. I could have changed all of that. But I have allowed it because for my own purpose so that I can reveal to you and to me that he is God. 
that he the almighty one that he can give you strength when you are weak that he can lead you when you don't know where to go that he can be your refuge when you have nowhere to, to run to he can be your stronghold and your shelter when you have nowhere to turn to God is saying to you I have not changed your position I have not changed your status because I have a purpose then we see how God blesses the nation who makes him their God. The people he has chosen as his own. And although the Israelites were rebellious and disobedient, God blessed them as a nation because he chose them to bring Jesus, the Savior. Jesus, the reigning king who is coming back through. He promised David, he said, you will always have a king on your throne. And even though the Israelites were rebellious and disobedient, God knew that I will work with a disobedient people. I will work with a, with a rebellious people to accomplish my purpose. What a God. God will use anyone he chooses to fulfill his purpose. He is completely consistent and he can be trusted with all your plans and your counts and your lives. That's my second point. God will use his work. God works through his plans and his counsels. And if you trust him, you can praise him for his word, point one. You can praise him for his plan and his counsel. And my third point. God we can praise the Lord for his active involvement. I'm going to repeat the points. We praise God for his word. Because his word is truth. It accomplishes what he, he sends it to accomplish. He does not lie. We praise God because he, he fulfills his plans and his counsels through his work. We praise him because he's sovereign. We praise him because he rules history. We praise him because he will take the plan of the wicked and providentially use it to fulfill his agenda. We praise him because he can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. My third and final point is we can praise the Lord for his active involvement. That again is his work. In verse 13 to 15, we see, see him saying, From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the, the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength a horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength it cannot save we see that God is saying to us I know I look down I look down every day because I know and because I look down I'm intimately acquainted with all that you're doing I look down every morning and I observe mankind. I see what mankind is doing. I even see the thoughts of mankind before they, they, they make them. I observe that is what God is saying. I look down from my heavenly place and I am actively involved in 
everything that is happening in the world in creation. God said, I am the one who formed your heart, so I know it. David says, where can I make my bed? If I make it in hell, you are there. David says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And God is saying, I am intimately acquainted with all your heart desires and your ways. And I see you. I see those who trust in their own strength. I see those who trust in their own ability. I see those who trust in, trust in their own wealth, their intellect, their beauty, and their schemes. But I look with favor, says God, on those who fear me. I look with favor on those who hope and trust in my unfailing love. I look with favor, says God, on those who are obedient to me. Those who are faithful in all that I have called them to do. Those who live according to my words. And then he says, and I come. I come to rescue you. Because you won't be strong enough. Verse 16 says, the king cannot be saved. He's not saved by the size of his army. God said, you are not strong enough. You will never have enough strategy. You will not have enough might and power. No, no military weapon enough. No army big enough. But when I come, I come to rescue. When I come, I come to deliver you in the times of hardship and suffering and pain. When I come, I come to do that which you or no one else can do for you. Where can you go from God's presence, asked David? The omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God is everywhere and wherever you go and according to Romans 8.28, he's working all things out for your good. But it's not for everyone. It was for only for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So this morning I want to ask you, do you love God? Have you responded to the call? Because he's calling us each day. He's calling us. Creation speaks. He says no one is without an excuse. No one has an excuse. Because he said, I have called you. I have revealed myself to all. So no one has an excuse. He said, God, I never heard you. Creation speaks about the goodness of God each day. Because if you do hear his voice, if you do serve him, if you do love him, if you are called according to, your, to his promise, no matter what you're experiencing currently, no matter what you're going to experience in the future, no matter how bitter or sweet, good or evil, hardship or plenty, no matter how long it lasts. And some of us know we have been in situations that last in our mind a little bit too long. God sees and he knows and he's working on our behalf. I looked at the life of Joseph and I remembered even though his brothers meant it for evil, Joseph was able to stand and say it was God's plan to save your lives. The good shepherd guided Joseph and, in, and John 10 describes the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. He's a good shepherd that says, I know how to lead you, according to Psalm 23, in the path of righteousness. I know how to lay a table before you in the presence of their enemy. I know how to give you rest. That's the good shepherd that guides us and lead, leads us and is actively involved in all that we do. 
if we plan and for our plans to succeed, we must seek the counsel of God. God over and over proves to us that he's a righteous and a just God. He proves over and over that he's a faithful God, he's a loving God. But what I recognize that he's just, because he's just, he cannot overlook wrong. He may be slow to responding, as we see slow, but as I read in the word the other day, he says, it's not because I am slow, but because he's patient. He's patiently waiting for you and I to turn. He's patiently waiting for you. And so wherever you are and you hear his voice and you're hearing my voice, you are hearing God say to you, my son, my daughter, I have called you and I have patiently waited on you. Pride will say to you, resist God rather than seek him. And in Psalm 10, 4, 4, the wicked does not seek the Lord. And, his thought, and in his thoughts, there is no room for God. But as we read this morning, in, in, or I will read now in Psalms 33, it says, but the righteous wait in hope for the Lord. The righteous wait expectantly for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. In the Lord, it is safe to put our hope and trust so that our hearts can rejoice. David, in Psalm 40, verse 1, says, I lay my request and I wait patiently and expectantly for the Lord to help me. And the Lord turned, David says to me, and he heard my cry. Where are you this morning? Are you able to praise the Lord this morning for his work? Are you able to praise the Lord this morning for his plan and his counsel? Are you able to praise the Lord for his active involvement in your life and in the things and the people around and the things around you? Are you able to praise the Lord for his active involvement and his word. I read where Matthew Henry says, it is a pity that the earth is so full of God's goodness, yet it is so empty of his praise. It says the multitude, the entire world, live from God's bountiful provision, but few stop to give him glory. It is a pity that the earth is so full because even the fact that you're here this morning and no matter what your situation is, whether you are sick or you are healed, whether you are well fed or you are hungry, whether you are warm or you are cold, whether you are sad or you are happy, it is the blessing of the Lord while you are here this morning. And if you don't stop to praise him, it's like you are living from his provision, yet you cannot find it in your heart to give him glory. Matthew Henry said, what a pity. What a pity that the earth is so full of God's goodness, yet so empty of his praises. What a pity that the multitude feed each day after day from God's goodness, the sunshine, the rain, the oxygen that we breathe, yet the strength in our bodies, the ability for our minds to think. And you know when we know that we have no control? When Alzheimer sets into a person, they have no condition control. 
And God is saying to you this morning, I have given you the ability to plan and to think and, and to think thoughts and to put things together and to be able to, to reason. But you want to live your life apart from me. What a pity. What a pity that you got up last week and you went to work and you're planning to go to work tomorrow but you did not stop and give thanks to the one who gave you the strength. This morning we sang, you are my strength. You are my peace. What a pity that this morning, wherever you are, you're not in turmoil. Despite what is happening, your life, you're, you're, you're not thinking, you're not, you're not going over and over, and you're in turmoil. And this morning, you cannot give him thanks. What a pity. And so if you're hearing me this morning, God is calling you. If you're hearing me this morning, the psalmist is saying to, me, to you, if you are the righteous Praise him because it is fitting and appropriate for the righteous to praise him. If you are hearing me this morning, praise him because he is a God who never lies. Praise him because he is actively involved in your life. You are up this morning because he gave you life. You are able to walk this morning because he gave you strength. You are able to eat this morning because he gave you the provision. And even the tablets that you have to take this morning, the medication, he provided it. We have no reason not to praise him. And so this morning, I want us to stand this morning. And I want us to think, and I want you to go stop and think about what God has done for you. There is a new song in your spirit. There is a new experience you have had. There is a newness this morning that you can say, God, I can thank you because your mercies are new. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, when I look back at where you brought me from and what I could have been, I must praise you. Lord, when I stop and I think about what you have saved me from, I must save you, praise you. Lord, when I stop and I think about the goodness of God and all that he has done for me, the songwriter says, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. When I stop and I think about all that God has done for me and for my children and for my family and for my friends, I must praise him. Stop this morning before we sing any song. Stop this morning and think about what God has done for you. Even if you're in the hospital bed this morning after surgery, you're still breathing. Even if you are in the hospital bed this morning, your pain is not unbearable. Even if you are in the hospital bed this morning, there are people around you. Even if you are on the road and you have nowhere to live this morning, your legs are still able to move, you can walk. And even if you can't walk, your hands can move. And even if your hands can't move, your head can shake where others are in positions where they cannot. I remember seeing someone sent me a, a, a YouTube clipping where a man walking said, oh, I wish I had a bicycle. He saw a man riding and he said, I wish I had a bicycle. And the man riding the bicycle said, I wish I had a car. And the man riding, driving the car said, oh, I wish I had a better car. And the other man driving the better car said, oh, I wish I had a plane. We will always wish for more. But when we stop and we give God thanks for what we have, 
we show and we demonstrate to God that we understand that you are a faithful, loving, and a righteous God. And no matter what is happening in your family life this morning, no matter the problem of your children this morning, no matter how ungrateful they seem, no matter how, how far away from God they may seem, God is saying to you, you still have a reason to praise me. Stop and look at what you can praise God for. Stop and let me tell you, the songwriter says, what the Lord has done for me. Come and let me tell you how the Lord has set me free. Come and let me tell you what God has done for me. Come and let me tell you how the Lord has worked in my life and he has transformed me that I can stand here this morning and choose to have more of him. There's a new song in your spirit this morning. There's a new song in your spirit this morning that is only coming because you chose to stop and look at what God has done. God, my soul cries out, hallelujah. My soul cries out, hallelujah, this morning, God. Thank God for saving me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. My soul cries out hallelujah this morning. Thank God for saving me. My soul. My soul. There is none like you. I remember this last week I was sitting and I was in the, uh, sorry, I was in the kitchen cooking and there was a spirit coming my spirit. And I said, there is no one like you, God. No one. I said, God, I'm going to clap. I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do everything because there is no one like you. And I got a tune and I sang the song and I recorded the song on my phone. And I said, God, that is a new song that I'm singing. Didn't even realize I was going to do this scripture. There is a new song in your spirit once you stop. And identify. Once you stop and recognize, if you weigh your good and your bad, your good will always outweigh the bad that's happening in your life. So this morning, I want us to, to just to prepare our hearts. Say, God, God, I I, I don't want to be look, looked at as those who are pitied this morning for not understanding and praising. So come this morning, God. Come this morning, God. Come this morning and remind us what you have done, where we have, where, where we have forgotten. Thank you, Father. 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 You are worthy. There is none beside you. You are God Almighty. You are the great I am this morning. You are, you are the great I am this morning, God. You are the great I am. Thank you, Jesus.
your word because your word is true. God, I praise you because your word accomplishes. God, I praise you because it doesn't return to you. And every promise you make, God, you're going to fulfill it. God, I praise you because you are suffering. God, I praise you because you can use anything, Lord. I praise you, God, because you are creative and you are the creator. I praise you, God, because your plan must succeed. I praise you, God, because you are the cousin of our country. God, yes, Jesus. Because you are the great, you are the almighty, the almighty. 
may be of such where you think you cannot give your life to the Lord and, and I'm mindful that there are other women may be living in relationships not married and you're saying God I can't give my life because I'm living in a, in a situation I'm living with my children's father we are not married and I cannot give my life to you but this morning I tell you when you give your life to the Lord when you hear him call and you respond he will work the details out. You cannot plan, you cannot work your details out enough to suit God, but he does, he can. And he can work the things out for you. So this morning, as you hear me speak this morning, and if you know in your heart of heart that you have never said to Jesus, Lord, I want you to be my savior, this is the morning to do it. I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I recognize that I have sinned against you. I recognize that I have never made you my Lord and my Savior. I ask you this morning to forgive me. I ask you this morning, God, to come in and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe, God, that you, Jesus, died and rose again. I believe that you are the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. I believe that you died so that I can be set free. And as you ask the Lord to come in, the scripture says he comes in and the angels in heaven rejoice when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. The word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord 
And if you believe in your heart, and believe is not only be just, just saying, okay, I believe. Because the scripture also tells us that the demons believe. But belief requires action. Belief says if I now believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe that he's my God and Savior and I believe that I'm no longer in charge of my life, the scripture says we act upon it. And how do you act upon it? You would prayerfully ask the Lord each day to show you how to live for him. If the Holy Spirit comes in, Ephesians tells us, and he now becomes a deposit in our life that guarantees us that as long as we continue to hold on to God, as long as we continue to be obedient in following after God and doing what he calls us to do, reading the word and allowing the word to transform our minds and our hearts in Christ, the scripture says you are guaranteed a place with God. You are guaranteed that eternal life, but there's a part that you and I must play. So this morning, if you hear, do not harden your heart. This morning, if you were walking and you felt like I have been disappointed or I was distracted by life and you walked away, God is saying to you, my daughter, my son, I am here calling you to come back to me. I love you with an everlasting love. And no good thing will I withhold from those who love me and those who walk uprightly. So I understand the times of being disappointed. I understand being distracted. But God is saying to you this morning, I have the power to keep you if you come back to me. So come back, my sister. Come back, my brother. Hear the voice of your father calling you, come home. We know that some of you are weary. We know some of you are tired out there and you're saying, I need rest. But you cannot get rest. I know some of you are saying, I long to sleep, but you cannot get rest without the Prince of Peace. The one who says, I have the power and the authority to do for you that which no one can do. He promised to keep in perfect peace those whose eyes are stayed on him. Do you want peace this morning? Come to the Prince of Peace. Do you want rest this morning? Come to the one who says, I can carry your burden. Roll them on me. Because my burden is easy and my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come and for those who continue to walk and to trust him, he says, continue to trust me. I will rescue you and I will deliver you. And even if I don't do it according to your timing, because I am God, I am saying, trust me. Because I am faithful. I do not lie, says God. I do not change my mind, says God. I do not make a promise that I will, am unable to fulfill, says God. Trust me. And so this morning, wherever you are, you fall into one of those categories.
make time for God this morning. Let it not be too late. Make time for your master, for your creator this morning. The one who David says, knitted us. The one who David says, search me and know my heart. He knows me inside out. He says, where can I go from your presence, God? Everywhere I go, you are actively involved in the world. Wherever I go, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I make my bed in heaven, you are there. Wherever you are, God is saying to you, I am there. I am actively involved in everything about you and surrounding you. And I have a plan. And I want to counsel you. Seek him this morning. Seek him this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. It was a word to me, reminding me of who you are. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your word this morning that will accomplish that which it was sent out to accomplish. It will cause me to sing a new song. It will cause me to be praiseful. It will cause me to be joyful. It will cause me to dance and sing before my king. And so this morning, as we prepare to go, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and grant you his peace. Go today. Go today knowing that you have an appointment with God at this moment to speak to him about where you are and to have him counsel you to get to the next stage. Be blessed this week and looking forward to being with you again next Sunday. And remember, Come and join us for the Purposeful Living Retreat. Because you need to know why God was, why you were created. You need to know who you are, your identity. What is it that you were created to do? Come and be a part of us in Roxton, Texas. Looking forward to seeing you and being with you again next week. Have a blessed week. morning if you are out there and you are in an abusive relationship we just want to pray for you this morning and know that God sees and he knows and he is your ever-present help in time of trouble that he is your shield and your refuge and your stronghold and you can run into him if you are in dire need of help and there is no one there to help that you know physically, bow before the Lord this morning. Ask him for help. He will send help. 
Lord, I pray that you would reach out to that woman this morning who is desperate, who is listening this morning, who wants help from you. She's embarrassed to talk to, it, to her friends about her situation, and they already know. But Father God, I pray, Almighty God, that your hand of protection and guidance will be upon her even now. That you, O Father God, will be in the midst of her situation, Lord God, that you will deliver her, Father God. But in the midst of it, she'll be strong and courageous and recognize, Lord God, that when she calls out to you for help, you will help. That is the word of God. He says, crawl unto me and I will answer. You are the, the deliverer. We have been singing about it. We have been reading about it. We have been testifying about the living God. And if you are out there and you need help, the Lord will help you. Thank you, Lord, for strength. The Lord is beautiful. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, Lord. And we thank you for strength. Indeed, Lord, you are more than enough for us. You are a joy, you are a peace, you are a hope. You are a strength. Amazing is yes, you.
King of Kings and celebrate the 